glad you're here. Um, we've got a, a neat morning this morning. We're going to be praying for the persecuted church, and it's awesome. I cannot wait to share it with y'all. But first, we're going to sing a couple songs. So will you stand and join us in worship, please? One, two.
seated everybody first Sunday of November which is actually now the second Sunday of November is that right no wait we're still good right we're close anyway we spend Sunday uh, in November praying for the persecuted church praying for people around the world that are in struggle and um, and I really hope today is an opportunity for you to think outside of yourself to really enter into this moment and to be able to grasp the the power of what it means for the body of Christ to pray for the body of Christ around the world. I I was going to give a long introduction of Dr. Bob, but uh, I've decided not to because his story speaks for itself. And it's beautiful and it's powerful. Dr. Bob Fu, thank you so much for being with us today from China Aid. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor Doug and uh, Vicky, for your, and Pastor Stephen, um, for your uh, hospitality. Yes, good morning, Grace community. Yum. The Lord's um, grace uh, continue to be with you and uh, abundantly. It is uh, such a pleasure uh, to be with you all uh, this morning. Um, 
we um, used to study at um, Westminster in Philadelphia for seven years before we, um, our family kind of uh, were attracted uh, to be a naturalized citizen of the People's Republic of Texas. <laughs> 14 years ago, that's uh, kind of, uh, we, we uh, reside uh, in the um, West Texas, and um, like you guys, we have oil and gas, and just a little bit in need of a tree and water over there, and um, uh, but one thing in common is uh, these two communities are really a fire, you know, on fire with God, right? And they love the Lord. Um, so we already experienced that uh, in the first two services. So let me start uh, with the uh, scripture reading uh, this morning at uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 to 14. Uh, here's uh, from Apostle Peter. Uh, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. What a beautiful part of the word of the Lord. When um, Stephen kind of uh, uh, told me that uh, you guys are actually now reading, um, I mean, according to your uh, scriptural calendar, and uh, this Sunday is to the first Peter. And uh, what a coincidence, um, maybe not a coincidence, God's providence, by using a reform term, is uh, that um, it reminded me that 25 years ago in the uh, city of Beijing, I was called um, as the God's double agent. By the way, that was the name of my book um, after uh, Wall Street Journal <laughs> did a profile and uh, called me God's double agent because I was um, really blessed by the humor of God uh, with a, a full-time job teaching English to the Chinese Communist Party leaders in Beijing as my daytime job, and uh, at the end of each month, to make it more beautiful, is uh, every month I got a full-time faculty paycheck directly from the treasurer of the Chinese Communist Party as my mission fund. <laughs> I think uh, it will make Stephen very worry-free for fundraising if you work in the, that position. And... Uh, at the same time, basically, it was a very light job, you know, teach Communist Party leaders. Uh, they are very slow, usually take one semester to finish 26 alphabets. And I'm just riding by my bicycle, busy, like uh, as any church planter, evangelist, uh, you know, uh, sharing the gospel campus by campus from Beijing University, Tsinghua University, uh, the Renmin University, the University of Foreign Language Studies, uh, basically. It was a, a big revival time. That was the 19, in 1990s, right after the Tiananmen Massacre, actually. Um, I was one of the students' leaders in my university. We, uh, in the Tiananmen Square, occupied that square. And later on, because of the grace of the Lord, I came, um, I mean, I was kind of called to be a follower of Christ after the massacre during the political persecution time. And that was another story uh, in itself, but it was uh, that during that time, um, you know, I was uh, baptized uh, by a pastor, a house church pastor, Pastor Young, and who uh, spent uh, over 16 years imprisonment for the name of the gospel. And... Um, the Lord, and uh, then um, when Heidi and I, my wife, got married, um, 
by Pastor Alan Yuan from Beijing, and he spent over 22 years imprisonment for the name of Christ. So again and again, surrounded by this kind of a, a cloud of witnesses and from the persecuted part of the body, they kept telling us, uh, said, you know, um, uh, Brother Fu, if you want to be a, a faithful follower of Christ and serving Him uh, faithfully in China, uh, the first theological course you have to take, it's not a selective course like... Uh, you know, church history, hermeneutics, or, you know, apologetics. These are also important. But in China, they called prison theology. Prison theology. And, um, you know, I kind of felt a little bit scared from the flesh. And um, so Heidi and I specifically, I remember, prayed that, Lord, you know, give us at least three years so that we can prepare to take that course. So guess what? I mean, I think when you pray too specific, God also answered that very specific. Uh, three years later, guess what? Heidi and I were both thrown into prison and started our intensive course of uh, two months prison theology in a Beijing prison uh, for the name of Christ. That was the day when we were arrested the morning before the kind of arrest ours, that was this part of the scripture in the first Peter chapter 4 was the one Heidi and I were reading together. So that is uh, the power of the word of the Lord. He knows the time when he delivers the daily bread, right? And uh, so that was uh, the history, actually, of the persecuted part of the body of Christ in China, certainly in the biblical time, you know, in the early church history when Peter, the apostle Peter wrote this and uh, when the great persecution just started in the Roman Empire. And when we see, of course, Paul and, uh, wrote this, uh, uh, the, uh, the epistles from the uh, his prison, right? You know, the, the Philippians, the Ephesians, I mean, all these uh, uh, letters were written from the prison. And what kind of uh, um, uh, the, the, the key takeaway, I mean, because uh, we don't have time to do a three-point sermon, uh, like uh, we have, but I think I want to highlight several things from this message. That is, uh, number one, persecution is not a surprise. So persecution is a norm. Persecution is not a strange thing. Because, again, as Paul said, from the book, uh, uh, I mean, from the, the Philippians said, uh, if, uh, uh, actually from First Timothy said, if anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus the Chinese, North Korean, Nigerian church shall be persecuted? No, he said, anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, everyone shall be persecuted. There's no exception. Number two is only through the suffering, what the founder of Voice and Martyrs, Richard Wurmbrett, who spent 16 years in prison in communist Romania, called sufferology, the theology of suffering. Only when you understand and experience and understand the suffering and sharing this, the suffering with Christ can you really understand this joy, the rejoice the rejoy, the unspeakable joy. I think that's the number two lessons, I think, in the Western church after living here for the past 24 years, travel around the country. And again, I, I, and again, I see, I think um, we as American church, in the, as a free church, we almost kind of uh, forgot that part of the teaching and experience 
that the early church and the persecuted part of the body, the same body of Christ, has learned. Because in suffering with Christ, the glory is revealed. And how does God reveal that glory? That is uh, the gospel actually is uh, being vividly presented, lively demonstrated in this chain, in these shackles, in the dark cells. I think uh, Peter was not just uh, artificially saying, oh, just happy when you're insulted, but he said, you are insulted for the name of Christ, and then you will be blessed because this, uh, the, the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. So in the past few years, China has entered into the worst persecution we have not seen perhaps since the 1960s when Chairman Mao launched the Cultural Revolution. For the first time, we have seen thousands, like at least 3,000 crosses were being torn down, forcibly uh, demolished and, uh, and burned from the rooftop of the church building. We have seen 100% of all the house churches, you have talked about hundreds of thousands, were under persecution, in, including actually today, we have some of the witnesses here, the pastor Hu and uh, uh, his uh, uh, beloved wife, Julie, and they, when they landed in China for their leadership training, and 50 military police right there, surround their airplane, went up and took them out. And, of course, because of the impactful ministry of uh, the gospel, and because they hold American citizenship, so they were kicked out from China. And uh, uh, Sister Mindy, uh, she barely, just like half an hour, uh, just a gap, left China on the, on the airport when the Chinese public security officers were hunting her. And a few days later, her whole church were being smashed and uh, church lead, other leaders were being arrested for interrogation. So for the first time since the Cultural Revolution, we have seen millions of Chinese children were being forced to renounce their faith by signing a Communist Party prepared form. So that is a war against the children. I call the war against uh, the Christian church, the war against uh, the cross, a war against the children. So in fact, from the time when Communist Party took power in 1949 to today in the past 70 years, the persecution against God's church has never stopped. And see, this is a new thing uh, when these uh, government-sanctioned churches, when they have to put two portraits on the side of the cross, one is the portrait of Chairman Mao, one is the portrait of Chairman Xi Jinping, the president of China right now, on both sides of the cross. So when this, you start the worship service, so-called worship, worship service, the congregation is... Uh, mandated to rise up and sing the Communist Party's national anthem before doxology, before singing the praise of the Lord. And one pastor was even sentenced to 12 years for refusing to put a Communist Party's national flag on the church parking lot. 12 years imprisonment. And we have seen, of course, Pastor... Yeah, Pastor Zhang Tao, very close friend of mine for over 20 years, a Chinese-American fellow North Carolinian. He set up 20, a 16 school for 2,000 minority children in the China-Burma area when he saw the need and Chinese government lured him back, sentenced him to seven years imprisonment. And we have Pastor Wang Yi. He was sentenced from early Roman Covenant Church. He was sentenced to nine years imprisonment for one Sunday sermon preaching based on the text of John 3.16, 
calling for the Chinese president to repent and offer the salvation of Jesus Christ. And on and on. And of course, Chinese Communist Party is found committing a genocide with the, the Pentagon estimated between one to three million, predominantly this Uyghur ethnic minority and Kazakhs, and even, I mean, most of them are Muslim, but many are Christians too, in the modern day concentration camp. That's what's happening today. And yet, do you think the church or the part of the body of Christ who are suffering persecution, are they being defeated? Are they complaining? Are they grumping? No, this is what Pastor, Pastor um, John Hall wrote from his prison. He said, you can take away my freedom, but you can't take my prayers. My prayers have wings and leaps over the iron mesh high wall. Many brothers and sisters have heard them, and they fly freely every day and reach the heaven on the blue sky. You can impose heavy punishment on me. The first year after he was put into prison, Pastor John Hall lost uh, over 40 pounds. But he said, but, but the Communist Party, you cannot hold my soul and spirit. It is like a cheerful yellow bird. Praise, gently praise to the iron gate. My Savior must have heard them. So this is the beauty of prison theology. Because the Chinese Christians, I think like the early church, like other part of the suffering body in North Korea or other you know, parts of the world, they treat this as a win-win. They said, if we are out of prison, we certainly can, you know, will share the gospel in season, out of season. Jesus won, right? And if we are in prison, the prison has become a new ministry field. That's how the gospel of Jesus Christ has been exploded. Many said, I mean, some, some disputed uh, from some church leaders uh, from Iran. I met with some Iranian pastors, and we're competing which country has the most rapid growth of the church. <laughs> and, uh, and I still feel the rapid growth in China, especially under the 70 years of communism, is phenomenal. When Chinese Communist Party took power in 1949, there's only less than one million Christians in China after one and a half centuries of foreign missionaries ministry with uh, really blood and sweat. Some even muttered. But today, according to a study by Purdue University, they released, they said, after studying the past 100 years of religious growth, they concluded the number of Chinese Christians today has already reached to at least over 100 million, 100 to 130 million Christians in China. 100-fold growth. Yeah. So that's part of a prison theology. So when I was in, in that jail, experienced a little bit of that. So the first three days and nights of nonstop kind of torturing and beating and threw into that prison cell, we were asked to sit like this 12 to 18 hours a day, lining up with 20, 30 other fellow prisoners in the same cell. And I think, well, Lord, uh, this is the best time to kind of start a choir in prison. <laughs> so we started, I uh, said, ready, set, go. You know that song, right? It is uh, give thanks to the Lord. And uh, then, of course, uh, the prison, 
nerd, one prisoner reported me back to the guard, and then I was uh, forbidden to uh, to use word. And uh, then uh, you know we're created by the creator uh, with creativity, and I said, "Ready, set, go." Mm, 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 mm. So that is even easier. So the whole column, not only my prison cell, the whole the prison cell next. They are all singing, give thanks to the Lord. To the point by the end of uh, my second month in prison, every prisoner regard me as their spiritual counselor. That's the secret of revival. That's the secret, I think, of the prison theology. So be prepared. I think in the U.S., we may gradually and surely experience their persecution, but you will be blessed more because you will know the utmost unspeakable joy. May the Lord continue to bless all of you and bless the whole church. Thank you. Thank you. And we're going to pray for China in just a second. We're going to call on you to be engaged in that prayer to bring your hearts to it. But um, some of you got a chance to hear Dr. Jim Dennison the other night. And one of the things that Dr. Dennison was talking about is the massive explosion of the gospel around the world. And uh, when we look at it here in the United States, we kind of think, I don't really sense that. You know, I don't really sense the revival happening as it is around the world. And one of the things that Dennison said about that is that the places that the revival is happening is where Jesus is thought of as king and not just as a hobby. Talk about being convicting. You know, how much of our lives are, are really about avoiding every single thing Dr. Bob was just talking about? I mean, I, trying, to, trying to orchestrate what does it look like to not have to suffer? What would it, what would it look like in our lives if we just uh, took just one course, not even a course, just an hour of prison theology? What I'm going to ask you to do right now is to uh, engage in this whole thing, what's going on around the world, particularly in China. And, um, and I'm just going to ask a few of you, just where you are, just to stand up and loudly lead us in prayer around some of those themes. So it's important work, the prayers of the church for the prayer, for the people of the church. And so if you would, a few of you boldly and loudly pray as grace community for the persecuted church in China. Let's pray together.
they leave another religion, there is strong persecution uh, for some. We pray that you would be with them in special ways, give them strength, give them hope, give them encouragement, give them peace in what they are doing. We ask this in Jesus' name.我们在天上的父，你已经定义要将地狱的火永远的震怒留给你的仇敌，你也应许要将永生和你的国赐给一切信靠主耶稣基督名的人。主啊，我们就按着你的应许向你恳求，求你将你自己的平安。赐给那些在艰难困苦为你的民受逼迫的教会和弟兄姐妹，特别为在中国受苦的呃教会弟兄姐妹以及那些牧者，我们恳求你赐给他平安，赐给他有真正的自由，因为你也教导我们，那杀
下独生子，主耶稣基督，如今I guess that's good for now. It's good. John and I didn't practice that. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. We love you. Let's stand and worship. seated. Well, this morning, not only are we going to pray for China, we want to pray for the part of the body in Afghanistan, for our brothers and sisters there. If you watch the news in the past few months, you've seen what's taken place, what's going on there. Believers uh, fleeing for their lives, uh, 
going into hiding, and yet there's still many believers who have chosen to stay. Intentionally knowing the risk and the cost, they've chosen to stay. And for me, that is such a challenge to hear that and to know that people's, the gospel, it counts for so much. They say, we're, we're choosing to stay here. And so we want to pray for them. We want to pray for those in Afghanistan, knowing that some are risking their lives, some have already given their lives. And we can pray for protection. And we can pray that despite the isolation, they would be strengthened in their faith. And we can pray that the Spirit would move in the hearts of the Taliban and in ISIS. They would come to believe. We're going to ask you where you're sitting. If you just gather in groups of four or five, where you're at, and just pray for these things, and, and let's do that together, and join me in that now.
Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, he is my song. And let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life. Oh, he is my song. Which is North Korea. North Korea is number one on a list that you'd never want to be number one on if you're a believer in Christ, which is the number one ranked country for persecution, not only this year, but really every year since this list began the last 20 years or so. The total population in North Korea is almost 26 million, and there are 400,000 approximately believers in that country. Like uh, China, the main religion is be agnostic, to not even ultimately care if there is a deity, much less submit to one. And what you'll read if you dig into this later in the day, or if you get the app, which you'll hear about later from Stephen, is that you'll find out that uh, being discovered as a Christian in this communist nation means that you will either be immediately killed or you'll be sent off, much like Dr. Brett was talking about, to uh, a labor camp, uh, a prison camp that are, they're supposed to be inhumane, they're supposed to be putrid and awful, horrific condition. Everybody in their family, if you get caught, everybody in your family goes to jail as well. The whole family. Kim Jong-un is reported, he's of course the, the president, and he's reported to have expanded the system of prison camps like crazy. There are now between 50,000 and 70,000 currently imprisoned Christians in North Korea. So we're going to pray for North Korea. We're going to do this two ways. In a few moments, uh, after a few moments of silent prayer, I'm going to lead a prayer for all of us out loud. And I'm going to do this on my knees. You're welcome to do that on your knees as well with, uh, with me, but just know that I'm going to be doing that on behalf of all of us. Before, I, before we pray, though, let's have some silent time praying for North Korea. And you can pray what's on the screen, but even more than that, I'm going to pray later what's on the screen, but I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit unique, which is to use the imagination that God has given each one of us and to imagine as best you can father, mother, child, leader, laborer, worker in North Korea. Imagine if they were all to bow down before Jesus Christ. Imagine, let your imagination run wild, that that nation would fall at the feet of Jesus and be completely transformed. 26 million people. It's bigger than our imagination, right? But use your imagination and then allow that, the picture in your mind, allow that to dictate your time of quiet prayer. And then I'll come back and I'll pray out loud for us, if you would pray.
appreciate you, Father, that you've given us the ability to imagine and dream, to think of the next generation of North Koreans bowing before you and worshiping the one true God. May our imaginations then be used by you, Holy Spirit, to pierce our hearts and our minds that we'd be transformed to have a bigger understanding of the need of the love of the prayer support needed by our friends in North Korea and our enemies, Lord. We think about the words of Paul and how he said, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the Lord that in the Lord your neighbor is not in vain. We claim that word for our believing friends in North Korea, those who are imprisoned, those who are on the run. We pray for these believers that you would strengthen them, provide for them, rescue them, keep them safe. Give them great courage, God. Godly courage. We pray for those who are currently imprisoned, the thousands and thousands. May they find peace in you as we've been singing about and praying about. May they know your love. May they be set free. May they sing like we sang this morning. Give thanks, whatever song it might be. And thank you for the stories that we get to hear even across the world on the courage of these North Korean believers, God sharing the gospel with those who do not know you, even though their lives literally could be ended within seconds of doing so. We can't fathom that, Lord. But we pray for their courage. We lift them up before you. We thank you for their courage and how it inspires. And We pray. And we speak the name on which we trust, which is the name, the only name, Jesus Christ, the one who can transform, the one who can move mountains. And we pray that you would, Lord. Let's all stand and sing this song together. just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind cause I know there is peace within your presence be present Lord I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus addiction starts to break declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus your name is power your name is healing your name is life
Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus, oh, Jesus from the Persecuted church around the world. And, and I don't want our prayers to just end here today. I want us to be challenged to take this with us, to make it a part of our life, to intercede on behalf of the church around the world. There's a Open Doors is one of the leading organizations with persecuted churches, and they have a great app. You can text prayer to 32500. This app, they update it weekly. They update it real time with stories from around the world of people who are encountering persecution and ways you can pray specifically for that persecution. So I encourage you to do that, to download that. The other thing is we're so grateful to have Dr. Bob with us. Uh, there's so much more to his story that you don't know that we didn't have time to hear. His book, God's Double Agents, out in the commons. encourage you to, to grab a copy of that or just simply meet him, uh, just a man of God. And uh, You'll be encouraged by getting a chance to meet him this morning. So thank you for gathering. Thank you for praying. It's great to be a part of the body. 
have a great rest of your week.